Welcome to 90% Mental. I'm your host, Grant Parr, and thank you for joining us for our 42nd episode. As a mental performance coach, I get the honor to work with athletes and teams to enhance their mental game and unlock their full potential. You know, in the drive in creating 90% Mental, it was basically to bring awareness around mental performance within sport by interviewing athletes and coaches so they can talk about their perspectives and stories with regards to the mental game. But for the most part, there's so much to talk about within the world of sports when it comes to mindset. So today I have an awesome athlete on my show. Her name is Lekka Feynman. She's a CrossFit Games Masters athlete and author who's a three-time NorCal Masters champion and took seventh in the 2017 Age 50 to 54 division. And she's going to be on my show today to talk about how she's getting her mindset prepared for the 2018 CrossFit Games. What I love about Lekka's mindset and her approach to adopting mental skills training, she talks about the power of breath, how she incorporates that with her training, and how she uses positive affirmations to keep her focus and the importance of recovery, especially competing at the age that she's at. And speaking about age, she's not going to let that be an obstacle with regards to pursuing her dreams or achieving her goals. She's a true warrior, and I can't wait for you to, to listen to her mindset and how she's approaching the sport, how she's approaching the 2018 CrossFit Games. Can't wait for you to listen to Lekka. So what an incredible athlete, awesome person. So let's go talk to Lekka. Hey, Lekka, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Fantastic. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, really pumped to have you on the show today to talk about CrossFit, uh, which I haven't had yeah. anybody on my show yet to talk about uh, CrossFit, but I'm really want to, I'm more interested in talking about your mindset, how you prepare for competition, why you got into the sport, but also your competing in the the age 50 and above bracket and can't wait to yeah. talk to you a little bit more about what that mindset takes to compete at that level and at that age and learn more about your sport so i uh, can't wait to talk to you a little bit more today on my show yeah thanks so much for having me happy to be here and uh happy to talk about crossfit <laughs> all right i love it so yeah my uh my kickoff question and one of my favorite questions that i start off every show is what does mentally tough mean to you? So uh, I thought about this. Um, I mean, I think about it a lot. Mental toughness, what does that mean to me? And, you know, on the basic level, I think it's just being able to stay the course, to push through, overcome obstacles when you physically, your body's telling you to stop, uh, just having the, the mental strength to keep going. And, you know, to stay the course, stay focused, but I think there's another aspect about it that more and more is becoming important to me, and that's being able to be vulnerable and not afraid to fail. So uh, putting yourself in situations where you, uh, you, know, you might not do great or you might lose, but giving yourself that chance to go for it, and I think that takes mental toughness and mental strength. So you know, there's kind of two aspects of it. It's like being super tough, but on the other side, it's like kind of just – allowing yourself to to expose your weaknesses and to keep showing up so yeah <laughs> kind of like no. two sides of the coin no that, for sure I, I i agree i i always say this when it comes to vulnerability i always say victory goes to the vulnerable 
Uh, anytime when yeah. you're vulnerable, um, a lot of a lot of cool stuff can happen. It's scary to be vulnerable, but but when you allow yourself to be vulnerable, man, some some magic can happen. So I, I agree with you on that. It's awesome. So when you, when you think about this sport that you are immersed in and that you love, how did you get into this sport? So I have been crossfitting for about 10 years. I started in 2008. Um, my little brother actually introduced me to it. He just graduated from college. He's a lot younger than me <laughs> and was living down in San Diego. He was actually um, a trainer at Invictus, which is a very uh, well-known, respected CrossFit gym. And he just would not stop talking about CrossFit. He was like, you know, you got to try this. It's like so great and it'll change your life and it's going to change the world. And at the time I had a pretty serious yoga practice. I mean, I've always been pretty active, but I, you know, I kind of uh, believe the notion that if you know you lift weights you're going to get bulky and I didn't want to like get big and which is completely ridiculous but <laughs> uh, so really just to quiet him and shut him up I was like okay fine you know I'll go to this CrossFit I'll try this thing with you so I was down in San Diego it's actually his college graduation I went to a CrossFit class and I had actually like that day I was going to go to a yoga class and so I like I was like okay I'll do CrossFit first and then I'll go to yoga I walked in and we did a workout and I like I never looked back. I mean, it was just like I loved it. It just was super hard and fun, and everyone in there was just super like positive and welcoming. And that was it. I was just hooked right from the start. Ended up he ended up moving up here and started coaching at the gym that I now belong to, CrossFit Oakland. Um, and then I started doing my. They have like a in, when you first start, you have to do what's called like an on ramp. So you have to do like an introductory ten sessions usually to learn all the movements. So I did that. You know, right away, I was just fell in love with the community and the whole thing, everything about it. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. You know, you know, what I love about your career so far, you're obviously you're competing, you're 51 years old, and you're just crushing it. You've, you know, at this high level, you're, comp- you're competing at this high level, you're three-time NorCal, uh, NorCal champion, and last year in uh, the CrossFit Games, globally, you finished seventh, which is incredible, and... You know, I I wonder this, like, you know, even even if you're 51 or if you're 33, what possesses you to put your body through that punishment? Yeah, I mean, people just kind of a joke in CrossFit. It's like, even just to suck at CrossFit, like, you, know, you have to be really, really good. Um, so, yeah, I mean, at the level I'm at, I, and I'm grateful every day to be able to compete at an elite level at my age. I mean, it's it's like I just knock on wood. You know, I haven't had any major injuries, and I can still keep going. Uh, it definitely takes a lot of mental toughness, maybe a little bit of craziness, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, to just keep going in day in and day out. I mean, today I had, you know, two and a half hours of really hard training, and it's you know, it doesn't get any easier. The you know, the more and more you are involved in the higher levels of competition you're at, it just gets harder and harder. And that's one of the things that's great about CrossFit too. It's like constantly challenging you in different ways, and the the level of competition every year just increases because the sport is just growing so fast. So for me, uh, it just takes an incredible amount of focus. And even when I, you know, I, I'm really asking myself, why am I doing this? You know, I've given up so much. I miss out on so many social activities and, uh, you know, I have lost friends. I just don't, I just don't have time. You know, I have to stay super, super laser focused to be able to achieve my goals right now. So, uh, it's not easy. I mean, it's hard on my family. Um, it's, it's been challenging, but, you know, after making it to the games last year, which was, 
you know, a huge dream come true for me. I decided I, I really wanted to do it again because I had worked so hard to just to get there. And then once I got there, I was like, oh, wait, now I'm here. <laughs> and I felt like I wanted to do it again, at least in one more time, because I learned so much. And I was like, I think I could do better or, or even have more fun. I was just so stressed out once I got there that I just I needed to, you know, at least do it for another year. So we'll see after this year. Uh, I don't know if I can keep it up. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Awesome. Well, when you think about the sport, obviously there's there's a lot of a lot of strength that you have to have to to excel to be in this sport. But how important is it to focus on the mental game? Uh, it's I mean it's key. It's like it, it's the difference between winning or losing. I think. I mean, there's this quote I actually just posted on my Instagram the other day from Gandhi, and it's um, you know, strength doesn't come from physical capacity. It comes from an indomitable will. And I think that really applies to me personally in CrossFit and, and probably just in competition in general. I mean, I, I'm, I'm pretty strong, but I'm not the strongest athlete. And I'm, not, I'm pretty fast, but I'm not the fastest athlete. <laughs> but I think it's the ability to just keep going and to have that, that mental toughness and that mindset of not giving up and just, you know, continuing to stay the course day in and day out that separates the winners from, you know, the not podium finishers. <laughs> right, right. So what do you do? We're going to get in your mind a little bit right now. What do you do when it gets to that point where you're just, it's absolute fatigue and you're just exhausted? How do you keep yourself motivated? How do you, what's, what's your inner dialogue like as far as what you're saying to yourself to keep yourself going moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I, I just have affirmations. I have little just um, things I say to myself. I just on basically, it's like don't give up. You know, never give. Don't just don't stop. Don't stop. I mean, I was on a three mile run the other day, and I was just exhausted because I had already done you know an hour and a half of super hard workout, and I just wanted to stop so bad. And I um, I just kept thinking about I, actually one thing I think about a lot lately is a friend of mine had a really bad injury this year, and she was unable to finish the qualifying process for the games. And I know she would have made it, but she couldn't. And I know that, like, she would give anything just to be able to be training like I am right now. So I think about that. You know, I think about how lucky I am. I just try to, like, it really just <laughs> anything I can. It's, like, just this constant, like, come on, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. Awesome. You've done this before, you've done this before, you can do it. And it's just that, like, it's the it's that goes back to you know the feeding the good wolf like just keep trying to to put energy towards the positive side and not let yourself even start to engage in a negative thought and when that negative thought comes up like just battle it with something positive like yes I can yes I can I love it uh, it's hard <laughs> uh, no no I love it and I think um, affirmations are huge I think when you when you can really embrace your inner dialogue where you like in the the heat of the the battle where you're exhausted, you're tired, your mind's wandering, but you can actually center yourself and access those words of I am, I will, I can type of statements. Those will get you over the hump. They will get you through the finish line. So I think that's awesome that affirmations are, are part of what keeps you focused and motivated. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm reading a uh, book right now, The Mindful Athlete. You probably heard of it oh, by yeah. George Mumford. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, for me, um, one of the things that I work on, my daily practice, I've been trying really hard to stay with it. I can't do it every day, but, you know, meditation and journaling and trying to just 
build that that strength of that finding that mental that centered place inside of me so that I know I can access that when I'm on the competition floor and things get crazy and I'm super nervous and scared and you can always just go back to that solid secure place inside of yourself where that like deep well of calmness and strength is yeah so that's just like a daily practice I love it I love it now when we talk about visualization or imagery you know, we, we we talk about that in the sporting world a lot and how, especially like recently, you know, in the Olympics, almost every single athlete before they're actually going to compete, you can see them going through some kind of exercise with themselves or with the coach. But when you think about, you know, visualization within CrossFit, what do you visualize? Are you visualizing certain movements or are you visualizing your whole performance? Walk me through that a little bit. Yeah, so... um I definitely visualize the movements. I'll visualize an entire workout. So like last year at the games, for instance, my coach and I would meet up every night before, you know, the next day of competition because they, they would have released the workout. So we knew what I was going to be doing the next day. And he'd be like, okay, walk me through it. So I would just start, you know, literally just seeing myself walking up to the starting line, um, you know, getting set, being in my stance, three, two, one, go, what am I going to do? What's my rep scheme going to be? Like, actually, how does the barbell feel? How does that feel when I get to the pull-up bar? How what am I, you know, how am I feeling in those pull-ups? Going through the entire workout step-by-step, step, how each movement is going to look and how I'm breathing and the sounds and just really trying to picture the entire experience so that it's a positive experience already, like, ingrained in my whole body. Mm. So that when it actually happens, I've already been there and I already know, hey, you know, I've done this before and I, it's, the barbell is going to feel light and I'm going to be moving fast. And so it's like it's, it's already, you've already like had that experience. Hopefully um, it paid off. <laughs> right, right. And you talked about breathing as well. You know, when I'm working with athletes, I think three components that allow us to be in control emotionally and, and our, keep our thoughts controlled is to visualize talk to ourselves, not listen to ourselves, but talk to ourselves, and then breathing. And breathing, you know, obviously it's involuntary. We're doing it all, we're doing it right now. But when it comes to, you know, breathing within competition, like how much do you focus on, on your breath and how much do you, how much is that part of your training as well? Uh, it's huge. I mean, breath is life to me. I mean, before I got into CrossFit, I had a serious yoga practice, like I mentioned. And in yoga, it's like the whole thing is unifying breath with movement. So I already came into CrossFit with that being kind of central to my whole uh, process. And I didn't, you know, I don't know. I think it's becoming more and more important to competitive athletes. But um, for me, it's always been key. And I teach that to my, you know, my athletes now when I'm coaching is to really pay attention to breathing. And especially like in weightlifting, you have to, you know, brace yourself. So it's like you have to hold your breath in certain places. And it's, if you're not using your breath properly, you can really hurt yourself. Uh, and then also, you know, in competing, there's that, you know, moment before the event starts when I sometimes I'll practice box breathing, which is like, you know, inhale for a count of five, exhale for a count of five, hold for a count of five. And I do that like a few cycles just to like really calm myself down. So that's one aspect of the breathing. And then, you know, during competition, just trying to, I mean, it depends on the event. Sometimes it's like a sprint and you just got to go, 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 go. But generally, you know, you want to try to keep your breathing as calm as possible. Right. So, um, 
yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's huge. And I, I definitely pay attention to my breathing for sure. <laughs> <laughs> How are you on the day of competition? Are you, are you nervous? Are you excited? Do you like to be left alone? How are, how do you get into your, into your mindset before you compete on the uh, day of? That's a great question. I, cause you know, it's funny, like before I got to the CrossFit Games last year, I thought, oh, you know, I'm so mentally tough. I, you know, I'm, I'm like impenetrable. I have this will of steel, you know, nothing can face me. <laughs> right. And then like you get there and it's like a whole other thing that, you know, it's like CrossFit is on CBS sports. Now there's cameras, there's lights, there's like thousands of people. There's, you know, they'll start the heats with all 20 of us athletes together lined up. And, and those other competitors are, they're tough. And it's like, it's so scary. And I just got so nervous. So at that level, I realized like, wow, like I'm not as tough as I think I am. And I have to, I'm going to have to like act like I'm really tough. <laughs> so I get nervous. Yeah. And I, I think actually getting nervous is good. I think it's, you know, it's a sign that you're getting prepared to fight, you know, you're all of your, your whole body and everything is like getting red geared up to, you know, to go Yeah. at your highest level. Um, I, I definitely, I need a little bit of space. I mean, I, I, I need my support team and I like having my coach there, you know, in the stands, especially it's great if I can see him and he can like, we can make eye contact and that's awesome. But sometimes that's not always possible. I mean, at the actual CrossFit games, you're, the athletes are kind of corralled. So you, you don't really have access to anyone um, for like 45 minutes before the event starts. But in other competitions, it kind of depends. I mean, local, like this past year at NorCal Masters, I, it was just fun. You know, there were so many people from my gym and I have so many friends over the years that I've been, you know, competing alongside and we we're all there. And it was just like, I mean, I was kind of nervous, but basically it was just really fun. And that's the best, you know, when it gets to be like, you're just really enjoying it. I mean, that's what I aim for. That's my goal is to try to enjoy this process because, you know, it goes by really fast. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, when you think about getting mentally prepared, and obviously I just asked the question about, you know, how do you deal with the day of, but the night of, is there routines yeah. that you do um, to get you mentally balanced before you compete? Yeah. So I'm really big on my nutrition. I really like to get a really good meal the night before, you know, carbs and fat and protein. I eat pretty clean. So it's, it's usually just like chicken and sweet potatoes and vegetables and some avocado. It's not like anything fancy, but I want to make sure I get a good meal and, um, I, I'm really big on sleep, so I really want to make sure I get like at least eight hours, and that's not always possible when you're in competition. Um, and you have to get up really early, or you've gotten back really late. But I try to make sure I get as much sleep as I can. And yeah, I, I, you know, I have kids, so well, they're teenagers; they're pretty much grown up now. But sometimes, if I'm competing locally, I've got to do family stuff, so I don't have the luxury of just being able to be by myself. But ideally. I'm by myself. I'm just, you know, being really calm and quiet and um, just working on recovery and mobility as much as I can. <laughs> right. Recovery is huge. Really yeah. huge. Yeah. Especially for us masters. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, when, when you think about that, your, your age, I mean, I know we, we hear this all the time. It's interesting when we're in shape and we're totally dialed in, a lot of times people just say, well, it's just a number. And some people that who are out of shape, they're like, oh, my gosh, I'm 51. Like, man, like, so they they have a different perspective. And do you feel that at all? I mean, you're, you're competing at a very high level. You're kicking butt. You're 51 years old. Does the age ever come into play for you at all? Do you feel it? Or 
You know, walk me through that a little bit. Yeah, I definitely feel it. I mean, I can't lie and say I don't feel it. I wish I could. I mean, I, I feel like I'm in the best shape of my life at 51. Um, you know, I'm stronger and fitter than I was 10 years ago. But it, there, it's just, you know, I don't recover at the same speed that I did when I was in my 20s or 30s. It's just not possible. <laughs> and, you know, I wake up and it's like, oh, you know, my, my hip is hurting and my hip never bothered me before at all. It's just stuff just happens. Right. So, you know, it's it, the recovery is just slower. I need more time to recover. I can't go hard, you know, seven, six or seven days a week. I need a few down days. But, you know, mentally, I... I feel like I have more energy. I feel more focused. I, you know, I feel like my life in general is just in such a better place. So, you know, there's, it's like a trade-off kind of, I, I think that just the body gets older and slows down, but, you know, competing and training at this level, I get so many benefits from it. So yeah, I mean, I can say age is just a number, you know, I'm not, I'm not like not doing something because I'm 51. I'm going to keep doing everything, you know, or try to do everything I can. And I, I think, you know, I talk about this in my book. It's like a lot of people think when they reach a certain age that, oh, that, you know, they're too old, they can't do this, or they can't, it's too late to start. And I, that's just unfortunate because I don't think it's true. Yeah, I, I agree with you as well. And, you know, as far as recovery, walk me through a little bit, like, your your program. So, yeah, like I mentioned, I mean, nutrition is really, really big. I try to eat you know, I eat a lot. <laughs> I worked with a nutritionist last year. I'm not, I've never been really one to follow diets. There's a lot of people do like, there's all kinds of programs out there with spreadsheets and, and that's great. I think that's great for some people, but I, I have never been able to do that, but I, I felt like I needed to at least find out, you know, was I eating enough? Was I not? Could that help? Could that, you know, give me an extra one or 2% advantage if I really dialed in my nutrition? So I worked with a nutritionist and I, I got a baseline idea of what my, um, numbers should be as far as, you know, my proteins and fats and carbs I should be shooting for every day. So I have an idea of what I aim for. Now I just go by feel. I mean, and I just try to eat at the right, you know, timing my food so that I eat enough beforehand. And that that's really huge for recovery because I know if I don't get the right nutrition the night before, I'm going to feel like crap. I'm not going to perform well and I'm not going to recover as well because my body is just not, it doesn't have what it needs to rebuild. So, um, you know, I eat a big breakfast and I take a protein recovery shake right after I work out with protein and carbs and, and creatine in it. I take fish oil. I've also lately, this past year, I've been using CBD oil, which is a cannabinoid oh, oil. Yeah. It has oh, no yeah. THC. It's um, totally legal. My boyfriend was actually just drug, drug tested for a job and he passed. So it's it's safe and it is amazing. I, I like it. It, in terms of like it, inflammation and pain, it's helped me a lot. So I do that. I use what I use arnica gel. I mean, any, <laughs> right. I try anything I can that's legal. Good help. Um, I get massages. I see a chiropractor um, like once a week. He does like ART and chiropractic, and that that really helps keeps me going. So I do a lot of stuff. I mean, I definitely at this level and at my age, it's it's really really key for me um, I stretch and I roll out and like I said you know the lacrosse ball and the foam roller are my friend right <laughs> but yeah nutrition sleep and mobility are just huge I, and um, movement you know if I can't move if I'm like tight and my mobility is lacking I'm not going to be able to execute a movement and then I'm just going to get hurt so it's kind of a vicious cycle thank you for sharing that because it's it's really important with our recovery I think as much as we put in physically, 
we have to put just as much into our bodies from from a recovery standpoint. And there's, you know, I trust me, I've worked with a lot of athletes. I've coached a lot of athletes where I've seen athletes just lay it on the line, but then they allow themselves to only get four or five hours of sleep. And they're not, yeah. they're, you, you know, you can get away with that when you're younger, for sure. Yeah, for sure. But for sure. But you can, you can, you know, even the athletes that I've worked with at the high school level, you can tell it, you know, if they do that a couple of days in a row, they're, yeah. they're kind of, they're drudging a little bit, you know, and they're not sure. feeding themselves, you know, not, I'm not generally speaking, you know, if, if they're living off four or five hours of sleep and they're not, they're not, you know, putting electrolytes and, and eating the right nutrition, I mean, you can see it in their performance. So, yeah. I think it's great Definitely. that you talk about, you know, the, you know, that you have this program. I think, you know, there, there's a, a football player out there, his name's James Harrison, who James just retired. He played for the, the Steelers for many, many years, but he mm-hmm. retired in his early 40s. But he would spend over 300 grand a year on recovery, and it was wow. acupuncture, it was the cryo chambers, all that stuff, because he felt like I put my body through hell, and it needs yeah. to be taken care of, and it's actually. If you ever watch his workouts on social media, it's incredible what he puts his body through. And I can only imagine like what you and the rest of the community within CrossFit, like you guys put your bodies through a lot, yeah, a lot. It's, and it's, I mean, especially the, you know, to be a competitive CrossFitter at the elite level, you know, go to the CrossFit Games now, you have to be doing it full time. It has to be your job. It's It's gotten that, t- that competitive. And you know, when you're, when that is your job, yeah, you have to spend the time. And I mean, I, I wish I had the resources to be able to get, do the cryotherapy and the, those, you know, um, tanks where you sit in the Epsom saw those giant, what are they called? Like the warriors go there. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. Tanks yeah. Yeah. And the acupuncture, all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, you could spend like just as much time working out or probably more on recovery actually. <laughs> exactly. I agree. Yeah. So. Well, when you look back at your career, when you started, you know, you were, I think three times in a row, NorCal champion, when you started winning and then also you went into the CrossFit Games last year, obviously, and you took seventh. But, you know, each year as you were winning, did you did you change up anything different with your approach? Did you feel more pressure each year as you've been competing? Because now, now you're, you're, you're holding up a standard and you have a reputation of winning now. So how are you dealing with the pressure and then have you changed anything with your approach? Yeah, so when I first started competing, first of all, I I was I never thought of myself as a competitive athlete uh, when I first started CrossFit. It took me a few years to even like identify with that, and it took you know one of my coaches, Mike Minium, who's one of the founder, one of the co-founders of CrossFit Oakland, and he kept saying, "Hey, you know, do you want to compete? Do you want to compete?" And I was like, "No, no, I'm not. I don't compete." I had grown up like being a competitive equestrian, but I didn't. I just didn't think of myself as a competitor. So finally, I was like, "All right, you know, I'll do this competition." I signed up for a summer competition, and you know, I probably came in last. Like, I did not do great, but I, I loved it. <laughs> like, you know, I PR'd one of my lifts, and I felt great. And then uh, I think that next year, I did my first NorCal Masters competition, and I came in eighth place. And I, at that point, I was like, you know what? If I'm going to do this, I want to win. I don't want to finish eighth place. Like, I really want to, I want to do good. So at that point, I started strength training seriously. I, I completely got over, you know, the idea that I didn't, my fear of, like, bulking up or whatever. And I saw that I needed to get stronger. So I started working with uh, Joanne Ida, who is a, a coach and a um, world champion lifter. 
and she has this a women's strong school so I started doing strength training with her and I did like a few sessions with her and it was great I got you know I just got I back squatted I deadlifted I pressed I got a lot stronger I kept doing CrossFit too but I really focused on strength and then the that next year I won NorCal Masters for the first time mm. and I think when was that 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 I think that was 2014 I competed on a team at regionals yeah, and definitely, you know, the pressure grew. The sport kept getting tougher, and I just kept getting more serious about my training. I started following the competitors' training. My current coach, Arnold Chua, um, was a coach at CrossFit Oakland time, and he kind of split off and started his own special programming just for competitors. And there was just a couple of us at the time. He would post it on his blog. A few of us were following it. And he ended up branching off and opening his own gym, which is part of the CrossFit Oakland family, Endgame Athletics, which is where I currently train. And most of the competitors in our gym uh, go train there. So he became my coach in 2015, I think, 2014. I can't remember. (laughs) Anyways, I've been with him for a while. Um, And I still, I wasn't getting individualized programming. But, you know, in answer to your question, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I guess I got more and more focused on, competing and what it takes to win. I wanted to win. You know, I, I don't want to do it if I'm not going to win. I hate losing. And then I don't always win, of course. <laughs> but I, you know, that's my goal. And I want to do, you know, whatever it takes or whatever I need to do. So I, you know, I, fo- I work on my weaknesses for me. Um, you know, I don't come from a competitive gymnastics background. And I, so that's been something that I've been working on, uh, like, all the time, <laughs> trying to get better at that stuff. Right. Um, and yeah, I mean the pressure is definitely increased. I mean last year qualifying for the games was huge. Coming in seventh was huge in my rookie year, and I definitely have aligned my life to be able to focus on my training and compete. And this year, I ended up finishing fourth worldwide in the, after the Open. So in, in qualifying for the CrossFit Games is a really long process. It starts in March with what's called the CrossFit Open, which is five weeks of there's one workout a week that's released and you have uh, from Thursday to Monday to complete it. And everyone all over the world does this. So, you know, in my age group alone, there's almost 7,000 women competing. Wow. Um, at the end of that five weeks, I came in fourth, which was great. My best finish ever. I was super happy. Um, so then at Masters, uh, the next step in qualifying is what's called the age group qualifier. The teenagers now do this too. And it's about three weeks after the Open, and it's an additional four workouts that they release on a Thursday night, and you have till Monday to complete all four workouts. And from the after that, the top 20 in each age category go to the games. So, you know, I was pretty confident this year that I would qualify, you know, after finishing fourth in the Open. But the workouts in the qualifier this year were really, really hard. Like the weights were super heavy, and they had a lot of really tough gymnastics movements. And I, I was like, they released one of the workouts, and I had handstand walking, which is a skill that I just don't have. You know, I'm, I've never been a gymnast. For years, my coach was like, oh, they're not going to have handstand walking for your age group. You know, for the 50-year-olds, that's not going to come up. And I just, I had been practicing, but this whole year it wasn't in my program. And suddenly, like, here I am, all this pressure is on. It's like, you have to walk on your hands. And <laughs> I don't know how to walk on my hands. I'm 50. Like, I don't, right. I don't want to even do that. You know, it's, it's totally scary. Um, so I, man, I did that workout. It was a 20 minute workout with, it was like, it really, it was ridiculous. It's like a hundred double unders, 50 wall balls, and then 50 foot hands 
handstand walking and then rowing and more handstand walking and more double unders. And I managed to get 30 feet of handstand walking, which for me was huge, but I wound up placing 108th in that workout. Uh, And I suddenly there I am. I was like, Oh my God, you know, I might not qualify. And after all this pressure and all this work and I, you know, like all I'm doing is training for the cross against. What if I don't make it this year? Like I was like this, this total like <laughs> crisis, like, oh, my God, this is like I might not. And I ended up qualifying in 20th place. So I got, you know, the barely made it. I qualified. Uh, and this huge weakness in my program showed up. You know, I hadn't been working on my hands and walking. Well, you know, obviously, you know what I'm doing every day now, <laughs> like walking on my hands. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so the pressure has increased and my training has, you know, my focus and, and dedication has increased just alongside um, simultaneously. Again, this is the first time I've had somebody from your sport on my show, and it the the more that you're talking, the more I'm getting the understanding of what it takes not only to compete but to qualify. I'm getting a good understanding of the culture of within the sport. So you know, this has been great stuff. I love it. Yeah. Since you have been experiencing success, and I love asking this question. Because there's there's athletes, there's coaches, and there's the mindset of teams. Uh, when they win, especially if it's a program or if it's an athlete that's used to winning, there's a way that they deal with winning. So, you know, there's Alabama University with their football program. They have this 24-hour rule. So usually it's winning. It can be with, with a loss. But no matter what happens, you have 24 hours to deal with it. And then when you're done, like within 24 hours, then you move on from it. You don't, you don't relish in it anymore you just move on because you're getting prepared for the for the next competition you have to focus on your process so you know and even with bodybuilders which is different because they're depriving themselves with food for the most part yeah that there's some there's some people that are just like nope i i have like you know i have a burger after the competition then i'm back to normal or there's some of them they're like yeah i'm going big i'm i'm celebrating and i'm eating a lot of food so as far as you know, especially when they win. So when when you celebrate, like, how do you deal with that? Do you do you sit in it for a day or two, a week? Like, how do you process through that win? Oh, that's a great question. I think, um, yeah, I, I mean, my favorite thing to do is have a chocolate milkshake, <laughs> cheeseburger, <laughs> sweet potato fries after I win. Um, so, like this past year when I won NorCal Masters, I went out to dinner with you know a bunch of fellow competitors and you know. Um, fellow athletes that I train with and we kind of had a celebration dinner and my kids came and I think it was interesting this year winning NorCal Masters because I I wasn't as happy with even though I won I wasn't as happy with my performance in the final workout there was a movement in it that I wasn't that good at and I I had had a really big point lead and then I ended up like barely winning so it's weird it was like okay I won but I just didn't felt like I could have done better and that, you know everyone's like you won you know what's the big deal but it's different than in the past when I've won where I just felt like this total sense of elation and like you know sitting on top of the world and like it just you know was on a high so it, it's interesting how winning can affect you differently um, depending on the circumstances I don't know if that's different for everyone I actually haven't talked to other people about that I wonder but for me, it, it does. It's different, and I um, I like that idea of just taking 24 hours to just you know you get that 24 hours and then move on because you know in CrossFit, like at the CrossFit Games and in other competitions, it's it's not just like there's one event and then if you win that, you win the whole thing. I mean, the CrossFit Games is four days of competing, and there's multiple events 
throughout those four days. So, you know, you can have an event win and be sitting on top of the world and then you can lose anyway. So, right. you know, I had some events that I did really great in and I felt like I even, I think my best finish was third place last year on the run, swim, run event. And for me, that felt like a win. I was like, it was a really hard workout, it was, you know, mile and a half run, 1500 or 500 meter open water swim, and then a mile and a half run. And it was brutal. And I felt like I just did, you know, I did amazing. I came in third and I felt great. And I, if it had been done at that point, I would have been totally happy. <laughs> that was only the first day. But, um, yeah, so I, I guess, you know, I relish in the moment. Um, and then I do try to just move on because it's, I've learned that you can't get too caught up in the highs and lows because, you know, there's, there could be a low after that high and there could be a high after the low. So if you can just kind of try to, you know, enjoy the moment for right. sure, but not let it get to your head, I guess. Yeah, I, I agree. So you're, you're about eight weeks away from another competition. How are you feeling mm-hmm. about it right now? Where's your mindset at? I feel good. Um, I feel like, you know, this year compared to last year, my life is a lot less stressful. Last year, this time I was working a corporate job full time. Um, you know, I had both my kids at home and it was just, trying to train at, you know, after work every day, after commuting into the city, it was just really, really hard. So I feel like this year I'm in a much better place mentally and physically. I feel stronger, healthier. I've definitely improved my skills, but you know, the competition has increased too. So I'm, I'm already, you know, a little bit nervous. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, you know, there's that handstand walking thing, but I'm, I'm confident that I'll be fine you know, in the next eight weeks, I've got it down. And there's other stuff that I need to work on, but I'll be ready. I mean, if the games were this weekend, I think I would be ready. I'm glad I have another eight weeks. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I'm definitely going to use that training time. <laughs> awesome. Well, we'll yeah. be rooting for you for sure. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It'll be on CBS sports. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 It's, uh, they live stream it. So yeah, you'll everybody will be able to watch it. That's pretty exciting. Beautiful. What's what's the date? Uh it's August second through fourth. And they take place in Madison, Wisconsin, which is they were there last year. Um, which is actually it's a great um venue. There's lots of, you know, trails and lakes and it's really pretty there actually. It's a great place. Awesome. Beautiful. Well well before we close up here, uh wanna talk about I want you to talk about uh, a few things, exciting things. I want you to talk about your, your book. That's oh, yeah. coming out, yeah. and um, and also, you know, obviously your your coaching and all that stuff. So I would love to love my listeners to learn a little bit about your book and and what you're doing with athletes right now. Yeah, so um, I just um, came up with my first book. It's called Super Fit at Fifty: uh, Lessons Learned Becoming the Seventh Fittest Woman in the World. Um, and it's just about you know my mindset, and my thoughts on you know making it to the CrossFit Games, and also just about achieving goals in general. And, you know, making fitness kind of be the center of your life and your priorities and how that can benefit you. (laughs) And I am a lifestyle and fitness coach. Um, I coach CrossFit full-time, and I also work with people in lifestyle coaching, so helping them achieve their fitness goals and just, you know, dreams and goals in life in general. So I I can be found on my website. It's um, lekafineman.com. And I'm on social media, mostly Instagram, at stylymama, S-T-Y-L-E-E, mama. In I love USA, it. Or under um, Lekka Feynman. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Awesome. Well, 
this has been this has been awesome uh, to to get somebody on my show to share their mindset, especially in the sport of CrossFit, and just kind of understanding you know a little bit of your journey and, and how you prepare for these competitions and what you have to go through to compete at this level has been has been really cool and it's been awesome to have you on my show. Thank you. Yeah, it's been my pleasure. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, CrossFit has been, um, it's just made a huge difference in my life. It's brought me so much joy and connected me with such a great community of people. And I think there's, you know, there's there's a whole sport of competing in CrossFit, but then there's just like the everyday CrossFit that happens in the gyms all over the world that where you are just showing up and, you know, getting your workout on and connecting with the community. And it's, it's you're maybe just competing against yourself every day, but it's not like you're, you know, competing out on the competition floor so there's kind of a difference but it's all it's all related um it's all good yeah <laughs> whether you're just in your box every day or you know making it to the games it's still crossfit <laughs> i love it well it seems like the the culture is not only cool to be a part of but it's contagious and um and i i can feel it through through your stories and through your experience it's awesome thanks so much grant it's been my pleasure <laughs>